Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. My name is Richard Gearhart, founder of Gearhart Law, a full-service intellectual property law firm, and you're listening to Passage to Profit, the show about entrepreneurs, businesses, and the intellectual property that helps them flourish. And I'm Elizabeth Gearhart. I work at Gearhart Law, but I am not an attorney. I do marketing, and I'm here just so he has someone to talk to besides you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. So we're going to get started today with Pat and Palooza, and we have got the absolute best invention for for you. Everybody knows how people who have gerbils and hamsters, I call them rodents, run around in tubes in these like tube cages. And our inventor today, Bryce, had a fantastic idea of taking those tubes and bending them and turning them into a garment that they could wear. Kind of like a backpack. It goes over your shoulders and around your waist and it's tubes and little gerbils are running around the outside of your body. (laughs) (laughs) So you're getting the rodent sensation, I guess, as you're wearing this. I think it's very clever. I think that he did a great job with this. Yeah, but if I had shown up wearing this on our first date, would you marry me? Yeah, well, it would have been better than that packet of cat pictures you pulled out of your pocket. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) And so anyway, so you see the belt there. That's an additional fashion accessory. If you want that too, it holds up your pants and gives you the uh, rodent sensation at the same time. The guy's obviously smiling there, so he's having a really good time with his rodent pack cruising down the street. Not only does it help with gerbils and hamsters, according the inventor you can put snakes in there insects just the sky is the limit so So you wear your pets on the outside it's called the pet display clothing and for those of you who are listening to this on the podcast or the radio it's on our youtube channel so when you go see this on youtube you will see a screenshot that we did of this happy person wearing his rodents yeah, on his body. he's getting the, the rodent sensation there because he's got such a big smile on his face. And <laughs> so now, now we're going to do Patents in the News. So every year, the United States Patent and Trademark Office picks winners for a contest called Patents for Humanity. And in 2020, they have six winners. I'm not going to go through the names of the patents or get real technical, but they're for helping people in the world. So one of them is prescription eyeglasses for cheap for people in remote areas. I really like this one. It's called Hemafuse from CISO Global. Basically, if you're bleeding to death, it takes your own blood and filters it and puts it back in your body. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's my favorite one. And then there's a vaccine for malaria. Now, this next one, Flex Curvator, was Richard's favorite. Right. Tell them about it first. I don't know how people, I guess they've been doing this by hand, but it enables fast, safe, and hygienic fecal sludge removal, surpassing manual empty. <laughs> So, I don't know, guys, but I'm surprised that it's just now. <laughs> just now. Fecal happened. removal. That sounds like a very important invention, and I'm surprised nobody's invented it before. But uh, And then there's another one for getting nutrients from wastewater, and then another one for people who need prosthetic limbs. And, like, the gerbil clothing isn't on there? No. But it's expired because it issued in 1999 and it's been more than 20 years. Patents only last 20 years. That's right. So if Ralph Lauren is looking for a new fashion idea, this one is available. So if you have an idea and you want to get a patent, I mean, I think we've kind of showed you the range. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we had any tech patents on there, but we have a couple tech companies coming up so they can talk about the tech piece. That's right. And so we got to take a break. We'll be right back after this commercial. You're listening to Passage to Profit on WOR7. 
2010 with Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart With our special guest, Jason Lee from Daily Pay. Jason, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. You've got a fantastic company, a fantastic idea. Why don't you tell our listeners what it's all about? Our company, Daily Pay, really solves and addresses a really age-old question, which is frankly probably been asked since the time of Moses, which is how can we actually control the timing of our pay. You know, in the time of Moses, Moses once said, you should pay everyone their wages before sunset. And so for 30 centuries, payroll has actually happened the same way for as long as we can remember. All of us have been paid once a week, once every two weeks, once every month. And, you know, all kidding aside, in a world where we can wear our pets on our clothing, where we can order cars uh, whenever we want, order food whenever we want, it struck us at least, gosh, we ought to be able to use technology to really access our pay also on demand. And not simply because we wanted to access it for frivolous reasons. Actually, eight out of 10 Americans today are actually living paycheck to paycheck. You know, there is this core issue that exists, which is the asynchronicity between when someone gets paid and when their actual bills are due. You know, God forbid, you know, today's a Thursday. I've got rent due today. I can't pay rent. I'm going to get evicted. And payday's not until tomorrow. Gosh, like, I've already worked. I'm just simply waiting to get paid. I ought to be able to use technology to control the timing of my pay. So that's really what daily pay seeks to do. It empowers every single American to be able to control when it is that they get paid for hours they've already worked, as opposed to living sort of for this kind of once every two weeks, once a month kind of pay event. It kind of creates the fluidity that we all need to meet everyday expenses or everyday life needs that we might have. I can see many benefits to the employee, but I can see one major benefit possibly to the employer. If somebody knows they're going to get paid at the end of the day, they're much more likely to show up for work that day, right? As I said, we're simple people here. When you treat your employees well, they actually behave differently. And that's a pretty tried and true principle. You know, treat people well, give them what they need. There's a core compact that exists between the employer and the employee. And that compact is come work for our company and your needs will be met. Like that's my job as an employer to make sure your needs are met. Well, that compact has been severely weakened. You know, as we've kind of created this bi-weekly, monthly kind of pay cadence. And so Elizabeth, you're exactly right. When employers offer this benefit, all of a sudden their employees start staying longer. They start working harder. Uh, what we've seen is that retention has gone up on average by 41%. 
And that's extraordinary. That means someone who might have quit in three months, well, she's now going to stay for five months. Someone who might have quit in six months, she's now going to stay for nine months. And you add up all that cost benefit for the employer, that's great savings for the employer, which ultimately lead to a benefit for the employee as well. So it's a real win-win when you think about it. That's really great. I agree. I think anything that an employer can do that's economical, that can benefit their employees is a big win in my opinion. But how do you manage all of the accounts, all of the employees and all of the employers? You don't have an army of 50,000 bookkeepers, right? That's the power of technology. The most wonderful thing about technology is you can create scalable, leverageable processes where you know, you don't need 5,000 people running payroll for each individual company. You know, we don't have that here. You know, we're a company of 200 people and our client base probably spans at this point, 2 million Americans. And so you think about the power of the technology that we've created. Let me maybe say it this way. We got this really big computer that <laughs> figures out how much you worked and it kind of does a lot of this processing stuff. And it tells you, hey, you earned this amount of money. And if you'd like to access any of it, tap a button, kind of looks like an ATM machine, but sits and resides in the cloud or on your phone and tap a button and an instant later, a second later, check your bank account balance. My goodness, the money's there. And that's really our job is to kind of take care of all of that work behind the scenes. So then you're actually the payroll provider for the company, correct? We actually don't. And again, this is a little bit of the magic of technology. We've created this, essentially this micro thin layer that actually sits in between the employee and the employer's payroll system. Maybe I can use an example that you're familiar with. Take Uber. What was the power of Uber? The power of Uber was there's this whole supply chain of automobile manufacturing that has never been touched. You know, people make a car, they sell a car, they market the car, there are car commercials. There are all these things involved with the car process. And the end result is someone gets to buy this thing and you can now drive from your home to your mother's home. Well, what did Uber do? Uber inserted this very thin layer of technology, which accomplishes the same purpose without changing the auto manufacturer's supply chain. Essentially now, I get to go from my house to my mother's house, but the process of making cars has not been changed. And so in the same way, the employer runs payroll as they always have, but we've inserted this thin layer which changes the experience for the employee. That employee can now control every aspect of her pay through our technology without the employer changing any aspect of how she runs payroll. No different than when the consumer changes her perspective with the ride. How many clients do you have now using this? Right now we have something like 300 companies across the United States, which employ something like 2 million workers. The companies that you might've heard of large companies like a Kroger. Kroger is the second largest company employer in the country. Kroger, the big grocery store chain, McDonald's corporate, Six Flags. So what is the user experience like on the end of the person who would be coming to you to get a pay advance? And what is the difference between this type of a platform versus like those creepy payday loans? Yeah. And you can check out how the user experience looks at dailypay.com. It looks and feels like an ATM. Every day you work, your balance goes up, just like a checking account balance. And there's some digital representation that, hey, your balance has gone up. And you kind of look at that thing and you say, huh, yeah, I've already earned 300 bucks. That's already my money. My balance has gone up. 
gosh, I have rent due right now. Let me tap a button and take out $100. Now that already is my money. And so therefore there's nothing ever to pay back. It is identical to as if when you go to your checking account ATM and you tap a button and take out $100, you don't go back a week from now and try to stick that $100 back in the machine. You don't pay back the machine. Of course you don't. It's because it's your money. And so what we do is really provide a tech-enabled way for you to access your own money that just happens to be sitting at the employer. But it is no different than as if it's coming out of your checking account. Coach Kenya, the reason why it's a little bit different is there's nothing ever to pay back. Meaning the employee doesn't have to come to us and say, here's the money back that I, that I took from you, or we don't go to them and say that. All we just do is simply deduct it out of their paycheck because it already was their money. Think about it as real-time pay. How do I find, how would I find out about something like this? Would it be through my employer or how are people finding out about this as an option? Let me quote the Aflac duck, which is, Ask your employer. <laughs> so we only work with employers and the employer offers it as an employee benefit to their employees. It's a free benefit. So the employer doesn't pay a fee. You know, the employee only pays a fee if in fact they request a transfer. So again, no different than like a digital ATM machine. And so for those of you who are employees, just ask your employer about dailypay.com. For those of you who actually work in HR or payroll, things like that, you come to our site and check it out. That's great. Jason, so how did you get into this business in the first place? And what is your story? The reason I got into this was I really observed a fundamental issue in the marketplace, which was I started to think about all of these problems that existed because people could not get paid every day. So around the time that we founded the company, there was a lot of discussion around why is it that the economy is doing so well, but there's this widening income gap and this disparity that exists in America where income inequality is continuing to increase. That's a very polite way of saying, you know, the rich are getting richer, but on the other side, the not so rich were getting more not so rich. And when I dug into that problem, one of the reasons that I figured out was it had to do with the payroll cycle. The payroll cycle is designed to be very rigid and very demanding where individuals who don't have the money to pay bills on average are paying $1,400 a year in late fees or overdraft fees. Now for someone who makes $25,000 a year, that's a massive amount of money. Now all of us may not think about those things here on the phone, but eight out of 10 Americans are dealing with that. And so, you know, I can't raise minimum wage. I can't get employers to pay more. That's not really what I can do, but what I can do is create technology which puts that money back into the pockets of these Americans. How can we get people to save that money? Then they deploy that in their communities. Then the local economy starts to increase. And that's how we will start to bring back some of these places. When I looked on your website, it said you were venture backed. Is that right? Yeah. So our company is backed by venture capitalists. So how did you get that to happen? Because I think that would be a dream for any tech company, right? So how did that come about for you? you know, fundraising, of course, is always a challenge. What I and a lot of entrepreneurs and founders will ask me, well, how do you get a big VC backing? The first thing I would say is VC is not for everyone. It's one thing to get a lot of funding, but you know, of course, the cost of that is you have to give up a portion of the control. That's always something I remind folks is... 
you know, I just work here. I founded the company, but I just work here. And I, right. you know, I have a team of investors that I partner with, but I'm one of five, seven voices around the table. But if you were looking and considering that path, what I would advise is number one, solve a big problem. But number two, have passion about that problem. You can probably tell that I'm deeply, deeply passionate about solving this issue. You know, I've got a finance background, and so I see the world in a very particular way. Nobody has ever thought about payroll as a problem that creates personal finance issues. You know, payroll has been one of those industries that hasn't changed, as I said, in 30 centuries. But applying a little bit of financial technology to this problem set can unlock a very different outcome. And so I have a personal passion for solving this issue. So one, solve a big problem. And two, solve it passionately. Then you'll find the right folks to back the company. So before the show, Jason, you mentioned that you had some intellectual property stories or issues that you were dying to talk about. So I was wondering if you could share that with our audience. IP is a very, very important asset, for lack of better words, for growing companies. But I encourage folks to also look at it the other way. When we started the company back in 2016, there were two companies doing what we did. Now there are 30 companies around the world doing what we are doing. And so IP is extremely important, but I wanted to give a contra view, which is also, you'll know if you've tapped into a big market, if you see 29 other companies start to do what you're doing. Right. And that's generally a pretty good indicator that you're onto something pretty big. Your earlier question, Elizabeth, it's probably what will attract venture capital money. Yeah. You have 29 other companies trying to get into your space. Yes, that's competition. But that also probably means that 29 other companies have figured out, hey, this could be the next big market. So your biggest challenge right now is probably marketing. Is that right? Because if there are 29 other companies, how do you stand out and have people use you instead of them? You know, there's no silver bullet. You know, you could think it's marketing. You could think it's product but for those of you who are in the business of founding, running companies, what I would say it's all of the above. You know, it's about execution. You gotta have the passion to really run through walls and find just, and I, this is not helpful to anyone, I know, but find a way to win. Jason, I hope you'll stay with us for the remainder of the show. And you're listening to Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt on iHeartRadio, our special guest this evening, Jason Lee, and also Kenya Gibson from iHeartRadio. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gerhardt Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gerhardt Law has years. Years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed, and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearHeartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. We just had an amazing conversation with Jason Lee of Daily Pay, and if you don't know about this, well, you should. (laughs) So listen to it on our podcast tomorrow or watch it on our YouTube channel. I'm really happy to introduce right now 
Melvin Wilson with Solve Group. Welcome, Melvin. Tell us what you do. Our group, I guess, technically, if you've ever watched the A-Team, we're that, it seems like, for marketing and tech companies. So it's like, we have a problem. It needs to be solved. We have short time of period to do it. And we got your phone number from somebody else who had this problem. And uh, people have been calling us for that, I guess, uh, in a lot of different situations for the last five or six years. Part of that may come from the fact that uh, a lot of both myself and my employees, we all used to run a think tank for the advertising world on the future of media, the future of tech. And we used to, I call it the Hadron Collider of advertising. We would take brands, companies, and tech and smash them together and figure out ways where technically you wouldn't get sued. So we've dealt with a lot of IP stuff as well, uh, ways for people to make money and then ways to create value for consumers. So we've kind of been in that game as solver for the last five years. But as a team, we've been doing it for the last 15. So uh, that is kind of what we do. We do it for brands. We've started to bring that knowledge down to smaller businesses because as the internet has connected things, the big enterprise problems actually have become problems for small business owners too. So we've done a lot more business in the small to mid-sized business market than we used to do with big brands. I can't resist asking this question, but if you're the A-team, what are your weapons? One would actually be, we've probably seen some of the things that you see on fire already. So we might actually have a one-shelf solution. So uh, I'll throw facial recognition out there. The easiest way to make facial recognition legal was to map people's faces with expressions and then turn it into data because then it's legal. If I send your face to an Amazon web cloud server in Ireland, that's illegal. I send the data of your face and match it against somebody smiling, that's legal. It took us a while to figure that out, but like those are the types of things we've actually just shelved to bring off the shelf to fix things. Uh, how do you do transactions when you're not a bank? Those types of things are, are things we've been asked in the past to create quick solutions for companies. So if I'm a small or medium-sized business owner and I have a problem, the bounce rate on my website, for those of you who don't know what a bounce rate is, if people are leaving the website too quickly, how would you advise that person? How would you help them? First question I would ask is, do you need a website? There's a lot of things that small businesses can do. You can actually do on social media at scale a lot easier at first. Then when you get larger, maybe a website becomes more important, but initially for small businesses, especially if you do e-commerce, your most important thing is your Shopify store or what you're doing on Amazon, different things like that, more so than your website, because one of the biggest hits for a small to mid-sized business for digital is cash flow. So the easier ways to do things where you're increasing cash flow, your website is probably priority 10 on that. So we actually help people with those. Uh, we help tell them there are more things out there from a commerce standpoint. So it's like eBay still exists and millions of people are on there. If you are selling a product, do you have an eBay, an Amazon, and a Shopify store before we even get to, you know, what does your website look like? Those are the things that we, we try to steer people towards because once again, those are problems that we actually used to have on the brand side. So working with retailers to compete with Amazon, it's almost the same kind of business problem. You know, how do you actually grow your business? Is it primarily through referral or have you thought about, gosh, you know, this thing's working. We really want to blow this thing up and, and go big. That's the friction we're having now as a company because we're used to private referral. We get probably 90% of our leads through sessions at like CES and South by different things like that when we're talking to CXOs and VCs and different things like that. 
But to target a lot of the clients we have now, we actually do have to advertise and, and figure out a way to talk to regular people. Um, and I think that, you know, that's a unique business problem that we didn't think we would run into. But now we have because almost all of our clients are way smaller than where we started. Like we started with like Fortune 500 and now we're working with like Inc. 5000 companies. Uh, so, yeah, I think advertising is something we've finally started to do. I'd probably say COVID kind of messed up our initial plan on that because it was built around events and events kind of died. So we actually had to pivot and start doing more digital ads, email, different things like that. What would you say are some basic digital marketing strategies for an e-commerce company that would kind of be like a foundation or a staple that they should follow to drive awareness and drive business? Direct marketing and direct response marketing is probably the most underused tactic on digital anything. And it's old. It's like what people use for mail pieces and, you know, phone calls. I said all of those things, the platform is different, but the method is the same. So all the things that you would do as a telemarketer, you probably need to know as a digital marketer. Uh, email is a lot easier to produce and send than a hard piece of mail. So those are easy ways in. Yeah, it's funny because I have this conversation with, with people all the time, you know, Think about those mailings that you get, the hard mail. What do you do with most of that mail that comes to the house? It like usually sits in a pile somewhere or ends up as like birdcage lining. Basically what you're doing with email marketing is you're taking what you would have done physically with a piece of paper and you're getting it right into someone's inbox. So I think that's a wonderful strategy. I think starting anywhere is probably better than not starting at all. The thing that a lot of digital platforms have also done is they've lowered the barrier to entry. Uh, the barrier to entry used to be hundred thousand, you know, million dollars. Basic things like TV spots would cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. You can actually do your own TV on streaming for way less than that now. I'd say you don't have to think big to do something and doing something is better than doing nothing. I still think with all the controversy around Facebook, advertising wise, it's still the best bang for the buck on social media, at least. Agreed. I mean, at the end of the day, it's 2 billion people on there. So as long as it's 2 billion people on there, they will be relevant. Thank you so much. Where can people reach you then for this A-team approach to marketing and other technical projects? Sure. I'm on Twitter at C3MLW. Folks can reach me on email or LinkedIn. Uh, my email is mwilson at solvegrp. That's solvegrp.com. And I'd probably say we're about to become a lot more active on LinkedIn. We did sign an ad deal with them in particular. So we kind of get out of the shadows as far as marketing components concerned. So I'd say look for us in those channels in the near future. S-O-L-V-E-G-R-P. And it's Melvin Wilson. And LinkedIn is a really good place to find him right now. This is Passage to Profit, of course, with Richard Elizabeth Gerhardt, our special guest this evening, Jason Lee from Daily Pay. We just heard from Melvin Wilson from the Solve Group. We'll be back with more fascinating intellectual property and entrepreneurial information right after this message. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley, the inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, 
Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventing, A toz.com inventing a to z.com email me lisa at inventing a to z.com treat yourself to a day chock full of networking education music shopping and fun go to my website inventing a toz.com now back to passage to profit once again richard and elizabeth gearhart we're on to one of our favorite segments kenya gibson from iHeartRadio and her cultivate segment so today we're going to talk about the hbcu change app uh, that was just launched a few weeks ago and it's an app that is designed to help historically black colleges and universities to engage with alumni and supporters so going into september there was a need for colleges to have funding they're going through covid there's all these different things that are happening and there's going to be a lot of people who are going back to college who are not going to have access to these funds. So one of the people that I actually know, his name is Steve Canal. He's one of the contributors to the culture and he has a couple other partners, Xavier and Justin, who actually created the one music festival. They came together and they said, listen, we're all alumni. We're going to create an opportunity to help these colleges raise money and raise awareness for the needs that are there. So They actually launched, they've got a bunch of colleges that are on board and basically how it works. So every time you make a purchase within the app and you round up, there's a certain amount of money that goes back to these HBCUs, which is really cool. So there's a really great cause marketing connection that's there. It's something that's really pushing the culture forward. But I actually had a meeting with them last week and they have a lot of big things that they are going to be doing with iHeart, with the new Black Information Network that we just launched and the HBCU homecoming that iHeart is going to be hosting. So a lot of exciting things going on there. And in the college space. That's great. Where can people find the app? So they can go to hbcuchangeapp.com. And even if you Google it, there's a bunch of PR releases that came up about it. It's, it's all over the place. It's been really crazy in tech news over the last few weeks. So if you Google it, you'll see a million things pop up. And Elizabeth, you have some cool stuff going on with Fireside. I am. So for those of you who don't know what it is, it hasn't been a year yet, but right before COVID, I started a company called Fireside Directory and I feature interviews of myself and I have another person helping me interviewing business owners small, medium-sized business owners about companies in themselves. And what I tell them is, give me your catchphrase in the first 10 seconds. So I'm going to introduce you and say, this is your company. And then you tell me why I would work with you over everybody else that's doing the same thing you're doing. And we kind of talk through and we kind of figure some of these special things out that are different and unique about people's companies. And that all goes in the video. And then the video goes on my YouTube channel and also on my website. I just started building. I didn't have one built from scratch. I had to use what was there, but I am building it. And when I get to 50 people, which is, I'm almost there. I'm going to start advertising everything to the public. So if people are looking for someone, they could come to the website and see their video or even to the YouTube channel. And I have to say the most interesting thing about doing this is that I have, for instance, a number of business coaches, but no two business coaches do things the same way. It's just fascinating. And when I really get ready to advertise, I am going to talk to iHeart about radio advertising because I really feel like that's where my users, people coming to find companies are going to come from. So it sounds like you're helping people 
people perfect their pitch on video, which is very important right now, especially with all this video conferencing that we have. Kind of, yeah. I mean, people know what they're doing is important and they know why they're doing it, but they don't always know from a consumer's perspective what is the most valuable thing about what they're doing. And so I try to help them find out somebody that's going to hire them or use their business. What's the most important thing to them? And let's put that way up front. And it's a great way too. If you do have a video, you want to tell a story, you want to talk about your business, you can do the video and have it posted very quickly. If you're trying to integrate it with your website, that can take weeks or months, depending on the support you get from your web provider. This is instant. You can change it if your business model changes. So she's had a couple of redos already. And so it's a great business. It's also free right now for the video interview and to be on my YouTube channel and website. Eventually it'll be a subscription fee, but right now I'm just building. I don't feel like I can offer the value I need to add to get paid for this, but I'm hoping next year I will. So now I get to introduce our presenter, Jennifer Kirk from Posh Puppy Boutique. So I love this. For those of you at home who can't see it, Jennifer will explain what she does. I own poshpuppyboutique.com and it's a luxury dog boutique. And also we carry essential pet supplies. I've had it for 15 years and we just carry really unique products and essential products too, of course, for all pets of all sizes. We have over 15,000 products on the site. And if you take a look around, you can see we have everything. So I started the site out of my home 15 years ago after coming off of working on eBay as a power seller for a couple of years and just found this love for working with pet products, looking to quit corporate America. I just want to get out and just do my own thing. And this hobby turned into a multi-million dollar business and I have 28 employees. So we do really well. Congratulations. So thank you. it's absolutely fantastic that you've had so much success. So what do you think made your business different from the other pet suppliers out there? We carry really unique products. We do not carry big box stores. You won't find anything in our store that you're going to go and find in Petco or PetSmart. And even right now with COVID, it's been a big thing because people are trying to buy in the USA. So we really promote that we are a US-based business. We ship from in the United States. Our products are mostly made here. Some are made overseas, but not from China. And we're women owned and operated. And that's really the push that we have. And it's worked. Your things are very high-end too. I mean, one of these little dog coats that you have looks like a designer dress I bought for my daughter when she was little, right? You know, I have four girls and, you know, I was always dressing them really cute. And once they started getting older, they didn't want me to do that anymore. So then it was a turning on the dogs. And so we always had small dogs. And my kids actually enjoy dressing up the dogs more than their dolls. So that's kind of how the whole thing started. But we have clothes, you know, we have cashmere sweaters for three and $400. But we also have basic items for pet lovers, maybe a jacket for $15. So we have a big variety for everybody. So it's not just high end, but we definitely promote the luxury items because they're so unique. What do you have for an 80 80- pound pit bull. <laughs> uh, we do we do have sweaters and um, we do have sports apparel too so any of the teams that you might like but we carry um you know it's not my market but about 10 percent of my products do go for the big dogs we actually have a big dog category and my line for that is we don't discriminate a bit against big dogs are you seeing an uptick in sales since everybody's been home with their dogs? I mean, my dog's like, when are you going back to the office? I think I'm I know. Right? <laughs> um, we actually, crazy enough, our quarter two sales, 
outdid last holiday sales, fourth quarter of last year. So we surpassed that, which was pretty crazy because that's usually a pretty slow time of the year for us. We did really well and we attribute it to the fact that all the shelters are pretty empty, the adoptions are off the roof. And I really think that's just because people are home now and they don't have the guilt of leaving their dogs behind. So they're buying our most popular thing right now are toys. So people are just buying small items just to spoil their dogs while they're home. And who's the typical buyer? I mean, how do you target them? Is it a lifelong dog person? Is it a first time person? Do you see kind of differentiation? Are you able to kind of cut through the data? Our biggest demographic is women 55 and older. And it's usually empty nesters or just people who didn't have kids. And so then these are their kids. So they treat them accordingly. So that's been our biggest demographic is 55 and older women. The reason I was asking that question, I think for the listeners is it's just so important to know who your kind of power buyers and your power customers are. Agreed. Jennifer just you know clearly knows her business. Women over 55, you know, who might be empty nesters or may not. I mean, that's just that level of clarity and specificity. You know, that's why this is a 28 person business, you know, to have that level of clarity as to who are the power buyers uh, and real to dedicated consumers. That's just like lesson number one, I would say. Um, is knowing who actually your customer is. Yeah, pulling all the data. I mean, I've, I spent so much time on analytics and just reading all the reports over the years um, just to find out exactly who my market was. I think that your products are fantastic. And you said you kind of came up with these based on how you address children. That's really smart because dogs are like children, right? They are like children. Mean, we even have strollers for the dogs. People will go on walks with their dogs in strollers, especially the elderly dogs, the little ones, because they can't really walk, but they still want to get them outside. So um, yeah, we really have modeled around the dogs or children. Do you get a lot of word of mouth referrals for these? I imagine people are walking their dogs and people are like, where did you get that? Yes, we do. We just started up a program a year ago for influencers. So there's a lot of dog influencers out there. So that has really helped. I have a lot of celebrity clientele. So that helps because that word goes around. I actually am on the Vanderpump Dog Foundation as an executive board member. So I have a good niche in the celebrity community. So that helps. And Vanderpump Dog Foundation is a rescue group. They're just promoting humane treatment for pets in general. And then I also worked with Disney in 2009 and 11 on Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2 and 3. So that was a huge plug, obviously. And on the third movie, which went right to DVD, and I believe it went out to 5 million people in the DVD, I had an insert that Disney put in there at no cost to me of my brand. So when you would pop the DVD open and you would see the little insert in there, um, you know, $20 off this, whatever. It actually had my brand and my advertising in there. That I, was no cost to me. Wow. It was huge. I love the fact that you have this much info on your target. Because all I'm thinking in my mind is I work for, I'll just say big clients that have giant pet food banks. And they don't have this much information on their customer. Like we're talking to outside research companies and they're doing all these studies. And you like have it so laser focused. All you did was use the tools that were available. And I think that, I think that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Google Analytics is free, as you know, just pouring over reports when I have free time and just really trying to analyze things. I think a lot of people aren't really tech savvy when they get into this and they don't really know what features are out there. But my husband also is a, his background is a network engineer. So he was a big help with all of this, just getting down to the nitty gritty on who my clients are and, you know, where people are coming from and so forth. Because I do ship worldwide. So we have a worldwide market. This is really interesting because what someone we had on a couple of weeks ago or last week said that if the quality of the product isn't there, it doesn't matter how much marketing you do. And so it's always this tightrope you're walking, but 
your product obviously is very high quality. Otherwise, Disney wouldn't even touch it. So congratulations to you, Jennifer. Thank you. You are listening to Passage to Profit, the Inventors Show with Richard Elizabeth Gearhart, our special guest, Jason Lee, our executive spotlight, Melvin Wilson. And we just heard from Jennifer Kirk. If you're just turning in, the podcast comes out tomorrow. And this has really been a lot of fun so far. But don't go away because we have a very, very cool product coming up. Great. We'll be right back. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, Contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Our final guest this evening is Ron Lakine from Extremist.com. Ron, tell us about your product. My product is to keep you cool in hot environments. It's a wearable, no gerbils involved, <laughs> but it's a wearable backpack. It's a runner's vest. We call it runner's pack. And within it, there's a pump system. I live in Arizona, and we've just had 50-some-odd days of over 110. So having to stay cool is really a worldwide issue right now. It's not getting any better. So for people who love to get out and walk the dog or walk themselves or go out and hike or run or cycle, we have products that will keep them cool. We visited Arizona many years ago, and in Scottsdale, they had restaurants that had these misters to keep everybody cool. But what prompted you to think of an individual mister like this? Well, I was in over 140 degrees every day on a thousand-mile trek across the Sahara Desert. Left from Mali, heading due north up to these mines, and I had a couple camels with me. It was miserable. It was horrible. I thought I was really in good shape. And coming from Scottsdale, Arizona, I figured I could take it. It was rough. I'm not going to lie to you. So about 200 miles in, my camelier that owned the camels that went with me, he uh, showed me a little trick of tilting my bowl of water, putting it out into the sand, and tilt it towards the sun and the wind. And the evaporation process would leave behind almost ice-cold water within 10, 15 minutes. That pick of water was my aha moment. So how do you keep the mist going? I mean, how does this whole thing work? Well, within my backpack, there's this little pump, weighs 16 ounces. The battery lasts up to 16 hours between USB charges. So when I charge this up, I put it in. On one shoulder, I have my drink nozzle from a Camelback-style hydration system. And then on the other shoulder, there's another hose that has the little mist nozzle on it. So it's aiming out in front of me. I have a wireless remote control that I can change the speeds, eight different speeds for different patterns. So wherever I walk into, I'm walking into a cold mist, running, cycling. I'm always, I can't get away from it unless I turn it off. So I'm drinking and misting out of the same hydration system, out of the same reservoir. So what have you found to be, Ron, I guess maybe some of the distribution 
challenges or the distribution process here. I presume you're on Amazon. I presume there's direct marketing, direct selling. How have you found that process in terms of navigating all the various ways in which you can sell? We've tried to get into some of the big stores. We're in REI, which is kind of mecca for the hiking and climbing and outdoor outfitters type things. And we're trying to get in a lot of the other smaller boutique type stores as well for runners and things. But the Amazon, our own website, our own social media, we have a new genre that we created that's never been done before. And that's a double-edged sword. I almost wish that I had competition out there because it would make marketing a lot easier for us. So we're having to start from total scratch and try to teach people about cooling themselves in the outdoors. So it's not an easy task, I have to admit. You know, one of the challenges that I think that every entrepreneur has to go through when you're creating a new category is there's a rising tide element to these businesses, meaning in many ways, you're doing two sales. You're trying to sell someone on the merits and the health benefits of being cool or the emotional benefits of dressing up your pet um, or your dog you know, in an outfit. There's a sort of rising tide element to your market or your category. And then you're also trying to be the best within that new category that you've created. And so I think a lot of folks probably deal with this, which is how do we market or how do we create category awareness? And then after that's done, how do you sort of make sure that your product is the one that people are thinking about? I think every entrepreneur goes to this issue, which is, do I spend my dollars just kind of getting the tide to rise? Or do I spend it just making sure I can get the folks out there who are looking for a product like this. And so I think that's something that every young entrepreneur or every early entrepreneur has to think about and how to divide that prioritization. You can keep yourself cool with our system, whether you're just out taking a walk at night or even in the evenings here, it's so hot. It's still nice to have that on. And even in humid areas, unlike the, as you mentioned, the Scottsdale mist systems that are in every commercial building, all of our backyards just about. My system, it's a bigger droplet, so it's not going to evaporate. The idea on the other ones is they, as they're coming down, as it evaporates, it cools the air, the cold air drops, but you're open, and that's quite a ways up above your head. So you're open to the open air flows, and it's going to change that all the time. So you'll get a blast of cool when you're sitting at a restaurant, then it'll get hot, cool. With my product, you're actually getting it close up and personal. And as it hits you with the larger droplets, you don't turn it on to this huge fog. You turn it on to the lower when you're hiking. And with that, it's going to cool around here. You're going to breathe it in, get rid of the dry throat, as well as cool from inside and outside. I could see having school districts, if they had any money, of course, buy these for the kids and have class outside, right? And so then... You solve the problem of the kids dying of heat exhaustion in Atlanta or Arizona if they're sitting outside in class. I mean, I could see so many uses for this. Yeah. We do actually have an accessory item. I can take the pump out of my backpack, hook it to any water source with this, and here's a 16-foot line of nozzles. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned that I only use this on hiking on the lower speeds. The reason I put high speeds on it was to power multiple nozzle systems where you can put it up under a canopy or anywhere else, air condition your tent, vehicles, golf carts, whatever you need to do. That you do have a COVID solution. I do. When COVID came along, the gym, they were closing down a couple weeks before the mandatory shutdown. And I went in and they said, we're going to shut down. We're just having a meeting. And I said, why? And they said, well, people don't believe that we're sanitizing properly. 
eventually. And we know the shutdown is going to come eventually. So we're just going to do it. And I said, give me 10 minutes. I walked back to the office. I took the backpack and I just removed the drink hose, took it off, plugged it. And I took the mist line, which is at chest length. And I went ahead and put it down to arm's length, put a wand on it. And I have the same pump, so now I have a wearable that's made for runners, so it's very comfortable with the two-liter reservoir. And I went back over, put their solution in it. The gym started applauding because they saw the guy wearing it and walking around. Even when he wasn't wearing it or not walking around doing it, he still kept it on and they knew they were going to be using it. So it was very easy for them to do, and they kept the gym open until the shutdown. Then we uh, gave one to a restaurant in the same plaza, and same effect happened there. So it was not just the physical, but the mental part of people seeing someone wearing this thing, even if when they weren't using and walking around. So then we donated them to a bunch of the COVID wards. We donated them to into New York, the Ground Zero, and we donated them around Phoenix area here. And again, not really anticipating going into that business because hiking is my passion. But then some of the cleaning companies saw it. And next thing we know, we've sold several thousand of them already. Wow. So how do people find your product? They can go to extrememist.com for the hiking products or portable sanitizing system com for the COVID killer. Okay. Yeah. So that's it for our presenters this evening. We'll be right back with more Passage to Profit right after this. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trade mark and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit Gearheart law.com together we can change the world visit g-e-a-r-h-a-r-t-l-a-w.com this ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson now more with richard and elizabeth passage to profit innovation in this country just blows my mind yeah and it's like seeing the future here when you're on passage to profit right and things are changing all the time entrepreneurs are creating businesses are creating and uh, finding solutions for people in all sorts of different ways so it's really great to be able to bring our audience these kinds of projects. So to quickly recap, we have Richard Gearhart, patent attorney extraordinaire, copyrights, trademarks, litigation. Yes, the completely unbiased opinion from my wife. (laughs) Gearhart Law, Kenya Gibson with iHeartMedia, that's Gibson with a P. It's Kenya Gibson at iHeartMedia.com for all of your marketing needs, radio especially, but iHeart has a extensive reach with their marketing. Gearheart Law has been using iHeart Digital for a long time. They do a lot more than entertainment concerts and their digital products are fantastic. We rely heavily on them. We've been very successful based on their technologies and great service, good people to deal with. So if you're looking for help in the digital space, I highly recommend that you contact Kenya Gibson, our media maven. And we had Jason Lee with Daily Pay, dailypay.com. Get your company to do it. So you've earned the money, you've done the work, 
get paid when you need the money. Yeah, and that's really great because yeah. you can't always control when the bills come. And then we had Melvin Wilson with Solve Group, which is GRP, Solve GRP on social. And he really has a unique way of helping tech firms market. I really am intrigued by the idea of a think tank, bringing people from different technical disciplines together to brainstorm on marketing and business issues. So sounds like a great approach. And I know that he's helped a lot of entrepreneurs. And then we had Jennifer Kirk with Posh Puppy Boutique. And if you have not been to her website, oh my gosh, if you've got a dog, or even if you like looking at cute dogs, or know someone that has a dog, her stuff is amazing. She's got custom dog houses, but the clothes and the toys and everything, like her clothes have been in Beverly Hills Chihuahua. And you can have Beverly Hills Chihuahua clothes for your dog. Last but certainly not least, this is a really cool product too. Ron Lakin with Extreme Mist. If you'll pardon the pun. (laughs) (laughs) A cool product. (laughs) So it's a personal cooling system which also hydrates you. So it's really for hikers and sports enthusiasts. But I mean, anybody, because there are times when I have just been like, oh my gosh, get me out of this heat. And even for parents sitting at a football game. (laughs) We should try it for our porch. I think that would be a great app. Oh, our screen porch in the back. Yeah, in the middle of the summer. Thank you, everybody. And we have to thank our wonderful producer, Noah Fleischman at iHeartRadio. He takes the sound he gets from Zoom and tries to make it almost up to iHeart's normal standards, but he (laughs) understands. Yes, thanks, Noah. Jason, any final words for our audience before we depart this evening? If you have an idea, I would encourage you to go do it. This is the greatest country to start a company, to get the support, to get the capital, the regulation. All of it is geared towards making you successful. You have a great idea, research it and go for it. Um, I always enjoy talking to entrepreneurs about how they're uh, getting their products out in the market and glad to be bringing them, I'll just say enterprise level innovation and strategy uh, down to the people. It's not just for big companies anymore. I just want to commend everyone in the conversation today. You're doing some really innovative things that are helping people, which is great, right? Especially in a time when we're all kind of going through it as a country. It's good to know that there's a lot of solutions that are out there that are making people's lives easier and better. You know, everything from, you know, doing stuff for our animals and pets, which is turns out to be healthy for us. And then Ron, I commend you what you were doing in the COVID space and, you know, donating those products like to first line workers. Like, I think those things are so important. And, and Jason, getting people money early in a time when we need money and we need access to our money. So that's great. And then Melvin, I love what you had to say just about helping companies market themselves affordably. I think sometimes people get caught up in the misconception that marketing can be expensive and it can be, but I love some of the solutions that you brought to the table today that, it's important to get your business out there, create awareness and do it in a very efficient way. So thank you to everybody. This was a great conversation. Thank you to Elizabeth and Richard. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Follow us on social media. If you want to see Checkers, the copyright cat, you can see pictures of her on our social media, Passage to Profit or Passage to Profit show. We have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Yep. And that's it for this evening. Thank you very much for tuning in. Passage to Profit on WOR 710, the voice of New York. 